just uh, open up um, right now with a word of prayer. And uh, let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy. Lord, for your protection in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we're listening just for a few moments to your word, bring health, bring security, bring courage to our hearts. Your word is life. It is spirit. It is, it is strength to those who are weak. It is hungry to those, or it is food to those who are hungry. It is uh, nourishment to us today, Lord. So we pray that your word, Lord, is going to penetrate into our hearts wherever we are, Lord. And I just pray a blessing, a special blessing on all the families, Lord, that are listening and those in our church and those around, even in our city. We pray that, Lord, for uh, protection, but we also pray for provision. Lord, let us see, Lord, the light at the end of the tunnel, as it were. We look to you for our, our, our not just our safety, but our provision. Those that have lost their jobs, those that aren't working right now, I pray for them. Those that are sick in their body, we pray for your healing power, Lord. We pray that you are going to show up in a real way, in a dynamic way in their life, Lord, like never before. This is a day of miracles. This is a day of healing. This is a day of uh, just a deliverance. And so today we thank you that we have this opportunity to call on the name of the Lord and be safe. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to just talk uh, to, to you just this uh, morning for a little bit. Um, and really my goal today is to bring awareness to a problem and to give some information on a cure uh, for this problem. And I wanted to just read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you'll just um, turn or click on your device with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. You know, some of us, uh, you might be uh, getting a, a notepad out and doing old school notes. Well, that's fine. Nobody can see you, but that's great. So if you're taking notes today on your phone or on uh, old school piece of paper, that would be uh, great to write these scriptures down. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, um, Paul says this. He says, we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He's quoting from an Old Testament scripture. And, we, and he will be a father uh, to us, and we will be his sons and his daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Again, that's a, a, a prophecy from the Old Testament. And then in chapter 7, verse 1, it goes in, continues on to the thought here. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness... In the fear of God. Notice what it says in verse 1. Having there, therefore these promises. Well what promises? Obviously I, I would ask myself uh, when I read that. What promises? Well if you go into uh, verses 16, 17 and 18. He lists seven promises. That he will dwell with us. He will walk with us. He will be our God. We will be his people. That's some promises. Um, that he will receive us, he will be our father, we will be his children. Those are seven awesome promises that he's talking about. So having the, these seven promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 
And I can't help but see what's happening around us and, and of course, with the, the virus and all the things that we're doing. Today, you, you go everywhere, and if you hear it on the news or everywhere, people are telling you to what you need to do for prevention. Well, you know, things like wash your hands, and that was one of the first things. You wash your hands, and they even got these little things you do for how many seconds you do it and how long you do it and how often you do it. Uh, use hand sanitizer and uh, um, things like cover your, your mouth and have a, a medical mask and, and, uh, and then we got social distancing and, and uh, limited groups and canceling of events and isolation, curfews and all these things and if you're high risk you need to see your doctor. So we're taking a lot of, uh, doing a lot of things and, and taking a lot of precautions right now, doing a lot of these um, uh, practices, they're saying you need to practice this, this will reduce the rate uh, or the chances of you uh, being infected and then of course spreading it and so a lot of what we're doing today um, you know um, is really in a prevent, preventive mode but you know, because of this and what's happening in our culture, there's been some loss. There's been sacrifice we've had to make. There's been uh, some cost that's, you know, uh, um, really kind of coming because of this. And so people are looking at it and saying, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I'm not working right now or I, I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, um, people are willing to sacrifice because of this. Because they're asking us to do, we're willing to do that. And so I, I hear some of the buzzwords. I hear some of the words I'm hearing. Sanitize, isolation and prevention. I'm hearing those words right now. Uh, sanitize, um, isolation, <clears throat> and prevention. And so we've p complied. We, you know, with whatever the cost was, we've complied. Whether it was our, our gatherings, our businesses, our offices, or whatever it has been, uh, we've complied. People have really been willing to do whatever the government is asking. In fact, whatever they just, just kind of suggest, people are like, hey, that's the law now, which it's not, but it's a, su a suggestion at this point. And so people are willing to do that. And, and, and the reason is that we're willing to do all these things is we're doing it for protection and prevention. And, and so that we could lower the chances of infection. We're trying to prevent the infection. We're trying to prevent uh, the fatality of the, uh, of the uh, virus. But also we're trying to uh, prevent it from spreading to other people. This is what we're doing right now. And... Um, we're taking all kinds of family precautions, and I know families that are just really, uh, really staying indoors. I mean, they're just locked down, and, uh, you know, that they're doing it for the prevention and protection of their family. Uh, and I, I know that during this time that people get extreme. Uh, you know, people really, and, and some people get mad if you don't comply. My wife and I were just listening to someone on the news that said, you know, talking about the, uh, the teenagers down in Florida in spring break, how they would like to go and slap all of them and slap some sense into them. And, and they're, they're, they're mad. I mean, they're mad at the parents for letting them and, because they're not complying. And, and one, one woman said, you know, these guys are partying and I'm trying to save the world. Uh, you know, so uh, people are, are very um, intense about this, very uh, serious about this, and, and in a lot of cases we should be, a lot of ways we should be. Um, you know, and, and people are, are getting frustrated at first. There was a lot of frustration, there was a lot of confusion, but when we realized what was happening and we realized what had to be done, we did it. We, compi we complied with this. We, we said, certainly, we, we don't want uh, this to spread. We don't want this to be, be uh, another, um, you know, a swine flu or a Spanish flu in 1918. We don't want that. We certainly don't want that. But you know, as I read the scripture, I think that the Lord asked me something and he said, why don't I look at holiness the same way? Why don't I, 
I take it as serious? Why don't I take holiness as serious? As Paul is saying here, because look at just when it comes to holiness, what are the three things he's talking about? He's talking about sanitation, or being sanitized, being uh, pure and holy. He's talking about isolation. Uh, he's talking about prevention. And he says this is about holiness. Now, now I, I've said that word, and right away people are kind of shutting down and putting up a wall there when I mention that word holiness. But this is a, a very important um, um, principle in the Bible, but I wanted to say this, is probably like a lot of the things that are happening with this virus that are going on, people uh, either make fun of something or they um, uh, really uh, are get frustrated with it because they don't understand it, because there's misinformation about it, because... Um, you know, we encourage people to listen to the facts, get the facts. Don't listen to people who are just, you know, throwing out all kinds of, uh, you know, presumption and all kinds of uh, guessing. Listen to the facts, get the facts. And people are wanting the facts. They don't care uh, what the correct name is or where it came. It, we want the facts. And so it's the same thing with holiness. People look at it a different way. And Paul's trying to help us here. And we can relate this with what's happening in our culture right now. I believe some people believe that holiness is bondage. They look at it as if it's reckless. And, and it's, or it's about rules. And it's, it's legalistic. And certainly people have abused this term and the, and the principles of it. But, but this is amazing. This is a, a really a, a, a soul-freeing principle uh, that as we look at this is so amazing. Um, I, th I think, again, people make light of it and they, and they get frustrated with holiness because they simply don't understand it. They don't have the correct information or revelation or understanding of it. And I think too many times people act like holiness is the virus and the only way we can be cured is through our own goodness and our own righteousness and our own belief system. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Um, I believe that people sometimes are, are more afraid to live holy than they are of the actual sickness or the actual... Uh, you know, the actual sin. It's almost like we're afraid to take the precautions. We're afraid to be protected. We're afraid to live in holiness, as the Bible teaches us, almost as much as we are afraid of sin, or even, even more, uh, more so. But people, I believe, have reduced holiness to God's dress code and, and, and God's abstinence program, but it's so much more than that. But as Paul is teaching here, and he's talking about that we need to cleanse ourselves and be separate and come out from among them, and all these things that he's teaching here, says that you're the temple of God. That's a, an amazing thing we'll talk about in a second. But why? Why is he saying this? And I'll tell you why. Because there is something worse than coronavirus here that Paul's talking about. There's something more deadly. There's something t a thousand times worse than the coronavirus that he's talking about. And what is that? That's sin. Sin is, 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 is absolutely thousands and thousands times worse than any virus that we've ever heard of or could think of known to man. I'll tell you why. Because it's hidden and it stays dormant in our hearts and our lives. Everyone at one time is a carrier of this virus. Either one time or another, we all, all the human race, are a carrier. And for the last 6,000 years, it has a 100% fatality rate for the last 6,000 years. And without the blood of Jesus, sin is incurable. It's incurable. It's just, if you, you just you're, you're done for. I mean, the Bible says in Romans that the wages of sin is death, period. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And, and so let me ask you this, what if you were offered a cure? 
What if you were offered a cure for this deadly virus that's worse than anything we've ever known uh, to man? What, what if you were, had access to this uh, vaccination that was 100% proof? What if we had that? Most vac- vaccinations today are about 40 to 60% um, proof. But what if you had one and you had access to it? I mean, wouldn't you take it? Wouldn't you receive it? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you uh, give everything for it? Wouldn't you do what you're doing now? Wouldn't you sacrifice? Wouldn't you have to take all kinds of precaution and, and, and sacrifice things and give things up for this cure? The cure for the virus of sin is the blood of Jesus. I mean, that's what we need to be telling people, that there is a virus that is more deadly than the coronavirus. And it's real. It's not just a spiritual. It affects your body. It actually affects your whole life. It doesn't just, it's not a spiritual, not just a spiritual sickness. It becomes a physical disease as well. It affects every area of your life. But there's nothing that can cure sin except the blood of Jesus. We can't save ourselves. And I like these scriptures that talk about and gives you a picture of what happens when you're born again and the, and the power of the blood of Jesus. A couple of them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, when he talks about you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, he also says this, that you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. In Hebrews it says, let us, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's a cleansing process. That's what happens when you get affected, infected with something. Your body needs to be cleansed. Your blood system needs, or stream needs to be cleansed. Your system needs to be clean. Something has to, there needs to be a cleaning agent. There needs to be a healing and a cleaning agent. Well, that's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus forgives us, but it also cleanses us. And then the blood of Jesus uh, sets us free. Because when we're born again, God declares over our lives that we're clean, we're holy, we're righteous, and in this case, we are cured. But God, in, in His mercy and His love and His wisdom, has requirements and regulations that will prevent us and keep us and protect us from this virus, from being sick again. That's amazing. I like that. In fact, God's, some of His regulations that He has declared... Uh, for prevention and protection. He says to sinners, wash your hands and get clean. Did you know that's in the Bible? God actually tells us to wash our hands. That's really, really good. In more than 30 seconds, I'm afraid. But also, he says, who can go to God's holy hill? Who, uh, the person that has clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. Paul taught us to abstain from sexual sin. These are things that are about prevention and protection. They're for our protection. And as we read here earlier, it says come away from and separate yourselves and and distance yourselves from from sin and from idols and from all these practices that uh, are worldly and all these things that Paul teaches. Practice holiness. Practice these things. That's what what everybody's talking about today. That's what we're learning from. The more you practice these things, the the, the chances of of you getting it are are nil and and it's less and less chances of you getting infected or spreading the the virus. I mean, can we just look at this and see how God's principles match up with what we're going through today? It's so amazing. Um, People think you're crazy. They really do in the extreme. Uh, you know, you're in your house, you don't really talk to people, you only come out at night, you only, or, or during the day, uh, you, you don't do this, you don't do that, you're taking things to extreme. Well, you know, that's the same way. 
People think you're crazy when it comes to really loving God with all your heart. And you're crazy and you're extreme for practicing holiness and, and living right and living holy. I mean, they just think you're crazy. But you know something? It's, the reason is a lot of times when people, we say they're crazy and they're being extreme, it's simply because they know the infection. They know the power of the infection. They know the symptoms. They see it. They've learned it. They've had it. They know it. And ultimately, they understand the end is death. That's why people get extreme. That's why some people get crazy. You know, you wonder why some people have taken holiness to a whole other level that's unhealthy. It's because they got extreme. And it wasn't that they were just evil in their heart to begin with. It was just that they were so passionate about it because maybe they saw what, what it did. They saw that, that when you weren't holy, they saw what it brought in your life. And that maybe that's what it is. But as Bi the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, what is true holiness? What is true holiness all about? And certainly I don't have all the, the points on this that I could because the Bible is just full of it. It's so good. But what is true holiness? In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24 it says that you put on the new man which is uh, really in Jesus. When you're born again you put on a new man which is Christ Jesus which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So there's a true holiness. There's a good. There's a right holiness. There's what Paul is talking about. And guess what? Again, it has these words attached to it that we see in our culture today that have to do with this virus. They, it's sanitize, isolation, and prevention. That's what, that's what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 and 7. And I just want to say this straight up, right away, uh, out of the gate, that holiness is love for the cure. Holiness is love for the cure and a concern for prevention. When, when you really understand the love of God, which is the cross of Jesus Christ, you, are, you, you just love it. You love the cure. You love what's happening. And, you know, the fact that people are taking the measures they are today, there's something uh, almost a little bit gratifying about it where you're like, you know what, I'm safe because I'm doing these things, or at least the chances of me being safe are, are, are higher because I'm doing these things. And it's the same thing with holiness. It's the same thing with the, the things of the Lord. The holiness is a love for the cure and, and a concern for the prevention. And I just love that. So let's just go through a few things that holiness is, true holiness is about relationship. Number one, it's about relationship. Holiness is getting close to God and allowing Him to touch your life, to get into your life. And as the Bible says that He will walk, dwell with you. He will walk with you or walk in you as one uh, part of the Scripture says. He'll be with you and He'll be in you. Holiness is getting close to God. It's, it's not... Uh, you know, being um, kind of perfected on the outside in, before men, but it's getting close to God. That's what it's all about. Uh, and, and, of course, we can get close to God with all our baggage, with all our stuff and all our mistakes and all our failures and all the things we have, our sin. We can still draw near to God because uh, He loves us. And I love that about the Lord. And You know, you don't get to know God after holiness. You just don't. You, you grow in holiness as you grow in God. He teaches you. It's His holiness. It's not yours. It's His righteousness. It's not yours. And, 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 and so as you grow in the Lord, He teaches you. And that's what I love about God because He's so patient with me. He's had to be uh, incredibly patient with me. I don't know about you. But, you know, God's had to do that. And really, it's not an effort to obey rules. That's not what holiness is. It's not an effort to obey rules. It's an effort to know God. 
That's what it is. I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm pursuing Him. And as Paul said, practice it. Just like a lawyer or a doctor practices. A, A lawyer practices law. A doctor practices medicine. We Christians practice holiness. That's how I like to look at that. But the other thing about it's about relationship is the fact that it's not about you. It's about the Lord. It's about God. And it's just like prevention. You, you, you're, again, it's preventing from infection, from fatality, from spreading it to others. I mean, it's, about, it's not about you. It's about the Lord and, and His righteousness and His holiness. The other thing is that not, not is only about relationship, but it's about a clean life. It is about a clean life. There I said it. A lot of people understand that Christianity is really, there are some things about Christianity. Make no uh, uh, doubt about it. There are some things that you are to live a clean life and you are to live a holy lifestyle. Of course, we have grace and mercy and God's love and power that really help us do that. But it is a clean life. It's, and, and what the perspective is, it's not from a, a, a rules life. It's a clean life. And it's living from a forgiven standpoint. From a, a standpoint of being forgiven and loved by God. That's what a clean life is all about. It's untainted and it does mean to be undefiled. It does mean without mixture. Certainly uh, does. It certainly does. But it, it's that powerful agent of being in Christ. It is really the powerful, uh, uh, really the agent that, that God has given us in our bodies that we have in our lives, I should say, that God has given us. And, you know, I think that we need to, to let it work. I think that we need to allow holiness to work in us and do what's necessary to stay healthy and safe. Isn't that what we're doing now? Yeah. Well, same thing with, with holiness. We need to do the things that are necessary that'll, that will stay healthy in our Christian walk with the Lord and uh, safety in our lives. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, it says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. He who calls you, he's faithful, and he'll do it. So I love that. How, it's the plan of God for my life, but it's also the love of God that he has to help me in my life. And the Bible says, as we read, in 2 Corinthians, and also he says it in 1 Corinthians, so a couple times he says it, I think it's three times to the letter of the Corinthian church, he says that your body is the temple of the Lord, or the Holy Spirit. He says your body is the temple of God. So my, my body is, is the temple of God, that's what he's saying. And uh, in my body, God is working in my, in my spiritual body, also my natural body, and spirit, soul, and body, as we read in 1 Thessalonians. God is working, and he's, he's cleaning me. He's protecting me from impurities. He's doing a work in my, in, my, in my life, and this is what he's doing. And, you know, holiness is like that medicine that strengthens my system. I mean, that's what it's about. And so God's working in my life, and he's, he's helping me. And it is about a clean life, because holiness works from the inside out. It doesn't work from the outside in. It works from the inside out. That's where the Lord is. That's where he dwells. That's where he's working. That's where he's speaking from is the inside. And the other thing is it's true freedom. Holiness is true freedom. It's not something that brings bondage. It should never, ever bring you into bondage. It, was, it always is and will be freedom. It's freedom in the Lord. That's what it is because holiness is not a terror it's it's the it's reverence for the Lord, but it's not a terror, um, you know, of the Lord, and it's love. I, I believe that holiness is about love, and therefore it's about freedom. 
So I believe that. The Bible talks about that, that it's joy that cannot be described which comes from God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's joy that cannot be described that comes from God. And then the last thing that I like to point out about holiness is, as the Bible teaches, it's really not optional. A lot of things we're hearing today is it's required of us. It's required of us. It's expected of us. And who knows, some of these things may become a law eventually. But Really, with the Lord, it's, it's, it's not optional. Some of these things, we, we think that it's optional. But Paul makes it clear that this is something we should be doing because it's not optional. Uh, and I think that if God created it, God spoke it, or He commanded us to do it, or told us to do it, then it's good. It's good. Holiness is good. Anything God gives us and tells us has got to be good because God is good. I mean, He's fair, and He's just, and He's loving. Also in 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says that God did not call us unto uncleanness, but unholiness. That's what he called us to. That's our destiny. That's our purpose, we could say. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. And because God has given us his spirit to, to help us. And so, holiness is of the Lord. I, I just want to stress that it is of the Lord. It's not of ourselves. It's of the Lord. But it's not optional. I think people, uh, again, were frustrated at some of the things that were going on and what our governor was saying and our president was saying and, and, and some of our city officials were saying about some of the things that we had to do and restrictions. But you know what? After a while, you realize that it had to be done, that it was necessary. Even though we cost us something, we still did it. And that's the way it is, should be with, with holiness and the things with the Lord. You know, this is what it, it means to be clear and free and free from blame and guilt and shame. This is what holiness is. This is what God talks about. Later on, or early on, I should say, in the scripture that I just quoted in 1 Thessalonians, the, uh, you know, the writer here says, this is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. This is the will of God. This is the will. And so let me just say this, that... Uh, uh, you know, also, as we're talking about holiness, I just want to throw this out there that there is, what if I said that there was something or a, an agent or a nature, something in your nature or something in your life that wants you to be sick? Wouldn't that be ridiculous? Can you imagine if there was actually somebody that, that actually wanted you to be sick? They wanted you to, to get the virus. They wanted you to, to, um, to, to die. Can you imagine? There, but the Bible says that there's something in our nature still fighting and resisting. It's our old lower nature that's still battling. That's what's tempted to sin. That's what, as, as the Bible says in Ephesians and Galatians, that's what wants to sin. Think about it. There, the nature of, of sin is rebellious towards any warnings. And all prevention. It doesn't want to uh, take preventive measure. It, it wants to dive right in. Think about it. It wants to eat, uh, you know, rotten vegetables and, and tainted meat and, and uh, you know, uh, raw pork and all these things. Can you imagine if people actually wanted to do that? They love to do that. Um, do you, how healthy do you think they would be? How long do you think that would last? Well, the Bible says there's something in us, amen, fighting against what's right. Fighting against what the cure is. And prevent, uh, trying to keep us away from protection of the Lord. That's our sin nature. But the Bible says, thanks be to God, that God causes us to triumph. He gives us the Holy Spirit. And just in closing, just think about this. Why aren't we looking at holiness like prevention? And why aren't we looking at sin like a virus? I, I think uh, in our Christian walk would be a lot different 
if just like our lives are now, our lives are different. And so for some of us, it may not go back to the, what we considered the same old. It may change from now on. This may, uh, this may change the course of history. This may change the course of your life. This may change the way you look at your family, the way you look at your life, the way you look at eternity, the way you look at God, this may, the way you look at your health. This, why can't this change the way we look at the things of God? Why can't it change the way we look at holiness and sin? And, and the goodness of God and also um, sin that's in our lives. Why can't we look at these things different? I believe that God wants us to live in a protective and, and a preventive way. I, I really do. I believe that he's given us his holiness to do this. And he said here, Paul said, cleanse yourselves. So what measures are we taking? Like we're, you know, we're so careful to wash our hands, wear a mask, do this and do that. And we're so careful. But what measures are we taking to cleanse ourselves, to, to live Uh, holy before the Lord. Now you say, Brother Matt, you sound old and this sounds old-fashioned and everything. It's probably about, you know, 4,000 years old as Paul wrote this. I mean, uh, 2,000 years old. I mean, think about this. This is, this is what God wants us to do. This isn't old. It's just that we don't understand it fully. We haven't lived it out fully. We don't uh, communicate it properly uh, to the world and in our lives. And so maybe that's why we misunderstand. And so I think we need to to look and ask the Lord, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do when we realize the fatality of sin today? What are we really willing to do? And, uh, the last scripture I want to share with you uh, before I pray is in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 6. It says, But when the time came for the kindness and the love of God, of our Savior, to appear, then He saved us, not because we were good enough to be saved, but because of His kindness and pity. By washing away our sins and giving us uh, the new joy... Uh, of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us with his wonderful fullness, and all because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did on the cross. I believe that Jesus touched us. Jesus touched us when we were unclean. Jesus came when we had a virus, when we were dying with this virus of sin. He comes to us and he touches us. Jesus, when he was on this earth, was not afraid to touch lepers, people that were untouchable, that you were not, you were, had to social distance yourself from, you were not allowed, they were not allowed to be in the market, they were not allowed to be in banks, they were not allowed to be around people, Jesus went to them, he touched them, that was a picture of us with the virus of sin, and I know that as a Christian, I'm called to save lives by telling them the healing news that Jesus Christ has the cure, and this is what we're all, all about, is to give people the information that will save their lives. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a message of holiness. This is the message that God has. So today, I just want to pray with you. I thank you for joining us. Whatever your need is, please, again, call us, contact us. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Uh, anything that you have need of, please let us know. We just really want to reach out and help. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this uh, day that you have made. Uh, We're going to be glad and rejoice in it, God. We don't know what the future holds exactly. We know this won't last. But Lord, we don't know what's going to happen afterwards. Lord, for those who are still uh, feeling anxiety and fear, and, and the oppression of fear, the oppression of emo- that emotional stress and strain of worrying and, and uh, being concerned right now. I pray for them. I pray for the peace of God to rule in their hearts. I pray for courage and strength for them. Lord, we pray for families that might not have income right now for, and they don't know how long. We pray for a supernatural miracle 
in their family. Lord, that I pray for blessing beyond what they can, ex- they can dream of, what they expected, Lord, at this time. Lord, you've done it for so many people in the Word. You've given examples of how you've met, met their need at the time of their need with a miracle. I thank you for the miracle of healing right now. I thank you for the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no distant uh, online or wherever we are in person. It doesn't matter. Your healing power is still the same. Thank you that the blood of Jesus, amen, heals every virus, every disease, every sickness. And Lord, and I just thank you for it. I thank you today for the the gift of eternal life, Lord. I thank you that you have given us that cure for this sin, this virus called sin. And I thank you that's through the blood of Jesus. I give you all the praise and all the glory. Bless everyone listening and watching right now this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. God bless you.